Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined always by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, it was a pretty humdrum week of college football. LSU uh, did get a win. Uh, we'll, we'll get at that in a minute, uh, plus all some other games and other news from uh, around the league and the country. But before we get into all that, I want to suggest to you, if you're not already following us on Twitter, to please do so, at Talkin' Tigs, no G in the Talkin'. Um, we're also on Facebook, Talking Tigs Podcast. And uh, having said that, I uh, wanted to check in with my host before we before we get into this week of football. How are you guys doing? You know what? It's a great it's great to be back with you, Scott. It's great after another Tiger win. But I think the bigger win uh, was the Talking Tigs Podcast because uh, one of our one of our co-hosts will uh, he's gonna have to buy a jersey. <laughs> Indeed, he is. Yes, very I'm sure. Sad. Like to pontificate on that. Very sad about that, but it's kind of a, a bittersweet thing because, as we mentioned, LSU got a big win yesterday, 65 to 14 against Northwestern State, mm-hmm. and with that score of 65 points, Joe Burrow fulfilled his pro- his promise that LSU would score 60 points in a game, and I had bet against the Burrow man, and I should never have done that because they hung 60 points on him, and I've promised that if they did that. I would buy a Joe Burrow jersey, and so now that is what I must do. I will go on the internet and find a Bur- Burrow jersey, order it as soon as possible, and hopefully wear it to our next home game against Utah State. But uh, I'm kind of glad that I get to do it. My uh, reputation may be a bit soiled. I didn't have the, quite the predictive power I might have hoped, but it's a uh, it's a good time and a good gag. <laughs> Right on. Uh, well, yeah, I, I can't wait to see these pictures. I'm sure you're going to be grinning from ear to ear. Uh, I know I know, Tommy and I will be once once we can get a picture of it. Uh, but, yeah, uh, so starting out with the, this, this game that, that put Daniel asunder, uh, I wanted to get you guys impressions. You know, it was uh, it's pretty much what we thought it was. LSU kind of ran away with it. Uh, I actually almost nailed the score. I think I said 63 to 10. It was 65 to 14. I guess I didn't give Northwestern State uh, enough credit to move the ball, but they did early on. Uh, you know, they, they had they actually had the early lead on LSU, 7-3. Uh, then uh, LSU took the lead and never gave it back. Although Northwestern State did look decent offensively. Uh, you know, we can get into the both sides of the ball early on, but that's, you know, that's pretty much what you expect out of LSU. There were a few surprises. Uh, but what were your overall thoughts going into into week three, getting the win? Let's start with you, Tommy. Uh, so uh, overall, so at first I was thinking during the game, probably first quarter, and you know, going into the se- or about, about halfway through the second quarter, I was like, well, are we going to get a, uh, a a redux of classic LSU non-conference play, <laughs> where mm-hmm. you let these teams hang in there? You play with them like they're like they're an SEC opponent, and you know you get the win, but it's not that comfortable. And uh, that's what it looked like. You know, at one point uh, Northwestern was leading; uh, they were able to throw the ball on us pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Derek Stingley, you know, gave up his first uh, touchdown of the season, and uh, you know it was it was a pretty um, kind of a scary scary time. But uh, I think what I think the, the you know the good takeaway that you can that you see from this game, of course, you know it's not a great opponent. Uh, not a great performance at first by the Tigers, but the amount of uh, the way that they turned up that pressure, both on the both on, on both sides of the ball, and the final score, 
does not reflect that first quarter by any means. You know, and the, so the amount of the amount of talent and the amount of uh, the amount of pressure that they can put on a team in basically two and a half quarters because by the you know about well going into the first, fourth quarter the game was over so I don't even know if you really count the fourth quarter but you know basically in a quarter and a half two quarters of play uh, you know LSU hung basically sixty points on them so. You know, again, we're, I think that this is more proof. This is not your typical LSU team. This is not a. Te- I think you know. I think that a, an LSU team in years past, that game would have been not close, but uh, too close. You know, too close for comfort. The whole game, and by the third quarter, the thing, the pack, the place had cleared out. Game was over, and you know, it felt like. Uh, Felt like when you watch, you know, Alabama playing, and the whole stadium leaves because they're because they're up by 50 points, and Tua's sitting on the bench. It's the same thing with Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of similar to any other game against these FCS opponents. We got Northwestern State, uh, in-state team from Natchitoches, Louisiana, who they actually they played pretty well at the beginning. They were winning after the first quarter, seven to three. So that was somewhat disturbing. But like Tommy, like you said. By the end, LSU was just rolling. They had so much more depth than Northwestern State. We had our third string in uh, pretty much through the third and the fourth quarter, and they were still just kept on scoring and scoring. And so that just shows the kind of depth and talent that LSU has across the board. Everybody got their reps and played pretty well. The offense, they, yeah, they, they struggled a little bit to get things going at the start. But, yeah, once Joe Burrow found his groove, he finished 21-24, 373, two touchdowns. Did have one kind of bad interception, but uh, he continues his Heisman campaign. And Miles Brennan was also sharp in relief. So that was pretty good there. And, yeah, I mean, in the, the second half, the LSU outscored him, what, 41-0. to zero, So that's what you expect from a top-caliber team like us. Yeah. And uh, I was going to actually touch on Miles Brennan, too. Uh, but, you know, overall, offensively, I think that's pretty much what we expected, uh, except maybe Daniel at the beginning of the season. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to expect it now uh, against some other, hopefully some non-conference opponents. Um, but, you know, Burrow, Burrow looked great again. Uh, he had that one interception, but, uh, you know, that doesn't seem to phase him at all. He was still 21 of 24, so three, 373. You know, he kind of un- underperformed if you're going to compare it to his other games thus far. But, uh, I-, I mean, the guy just seems very accurate and just confident to put anything through any tight window. Uh, once again, with the rushing, you know, it's like uh, 122 yards as a team. And uh, as you said, Tommy, you know, it's a different LSU team. So I don't think we can expect to see much rushing, you know, pretty much any game. I, I still think they... Uh, they could benefit from it, so in, you know, later in the year with these SEC games, because uh, you look around the league, everyone's passing, putting up points, and I think the team that's going to win is the one that's going to get some defensive stops. Uh, but so far, no one's really stopped LSU, so I'm definitely happy about that. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it, I didn't really see anything alarming. I didn't really see anything surprising. Uh, would you guys kind of agree with that? You know, as far as the offense goes. Yeah, as far as the offense goes, it, everything looked like uh, you know business as usual pretty much for this season, and uh, saw a lot of gr- a, gr- a lot of great throws from Joe. Um, you know, one thing that I did see that was a little bit um, 
I mean, it was great. It was great play from him, but a little bit concerning is, uh, you know, he was he was having to evade uh, pressure in the pocket and running out of the pocket a lot last game. And I don't know if that was, uh, you know, a conscious choice. Uh, you know, I don't know if he knew something like, if, you know, if I get into space and I can and I, you know, that opens up opens things up for me. But it didn't seem like, you know, against Texas, he did a he did a great job of staying in the pocket and really stepping in and stepping around pressure. Whereas it seemed like last night to me, he was rolling out a lot more than I'm used to, than I'm used to seeing him do. So I don't know, you know, what the exact reason was for that. Um, you know, I think a lot of times you'd like your quarterback to stay in the, in the pocket and try to work around there, but it's not like he, he did anything wrong after, you know, rolling out. He threw a bunch of great passes. I think he threw a couple, you know, touchdowns or deep, and real deep passes off of that, you know, out, uh, out of scrambling, scrambling a little bit. So um, other than that, you know, I think it was good to see um, all of our backs really get some, uh, get some action. We had two, two touchdowns from the freshman, uh, Davis Price and, uh, and John Emery. So, uh you know that was that was cool to see, and you know of course the receivers are still looking like a, a great receiving core, still one of the best in the in the country. So, um, you know the train keeps on rolling. Yeah, just to kind of build on that, like you said, we had actually six touchdowns on the ground. Edwards Alaire had two, Joe Burrow had uh, one, uh, Davis Price had two, and then John Emery had one. So that's great. Although t- their overall rushing attack was a little bit lackluster against a defense that you would really kind of expect us to, to kind of carve some Swiss cheese holes in. So hopefully they can shape that up here. They got their first SEC game coming up against Vanderbilt next week, so that'll be a kind of tune-up before we get into the, the real meat of the schedule. And because, like we said, we got that high-flying passing attack, but we mentioned this the past couple of weeks against Texas and Georgia Southern that uh, I wouldn't say we need to be more balanced, but maybe just slightly more effective in the run game, and then that way kind of keep the defenses, defenses honest. But in the past game, everybody did well. Justin Jefferson's a clear number one guy. He finished for 124 yards on five catches. Terrace Marshall pulled down two touchdowns. I think he's up to five for the season, so definitely a red zone threat there too. What are you going to say, know, it's hard. It's hard to uh, – it, it's kind of hard to have a, a dominant rushing attack when you go down the, when you get out of the field in four plays and score. You know, we were, we, he had, I remember one drive that he had, uh, Joe Burrow, that is, where they started on, L, on the LSU, like, 17 or 20 or something, and he goes down the field in, in four plays, and it was, a, and it, okay, cool, we scored, next, you know, next, and the, it was off of, like, three, uh, you know, 20 to 30-yard passes, and so, like, with that, you know, you can't, when, when it's open and when, you, when you've got it, you kind of just have to take it. So I do agree that, you know, I want to see more of our backs because like, we've got some great backs. I want to see more of John Emery. I want to see more of, um, you know, and now Clyde Edwards-Alaire actually had a lot of good runs last night. Um, but I'd like to see, you know, more, more of all of our backs. But, again, like when, when the passing attack is there and when you can go deep, I, I feel like, you, you know, you have to take it. Yeah, I mean, that is a good point. Like Randy Moss once said, if you can take the ball deep and take the top off the defense, then that's what you want to do. So as long as they're giving it to us, I'll take that all day. Yeah, it's kind of, it's like, you know, if, if they're giving you straight cash, you know, straight cash, homie. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out yeah, to Randy. Um, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of you know, kind of like the last few games, there was 
10 different guys involved. I was glad to see Stefan Sullivan uh, get some. Uh, Coach O said this week that they were going to make sure to get him on the field, and they did. He had you know, four catches for 51 yards. I mean, that's, that's where you're talking about taking the top off the defense. If you've got a 6'6 or 6'7 guy out there, I know they're kind of still floating between tight end and wide receiver, but they like, you know, it's just get him on the field. We'll figure it out. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks like they're starting to. And, uh, yeah, it's like uh, before the season you heard about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Leonard Fournette, how they were, you know, Leonard was going to have like a really good breakout year. Uh, but it's the freshmen that are starting to show up, you know. Uh, Ty- Davis Price, uh, he, he, he looked great. Uh, you know, you had a, a freshman return, a punt return, uh, which we, we could talk about, you know, a little bit later with special teams. But it's like the freshmen are, are showing up for LSU, which is really encouraging because, you know, you want these guys to see the field and, and get comfortable. Uh, that also looks good to recruits. Uh, but going back to uh, passing, Miles Brennan, I know he came in and, you know, quote-unquote mop-up duty, but uh, he looked good. I mean, he was 8 of 9 for 115. No no TDs, but no picks either. So that was a little encouraging to see Miles Brennan just step in and deliver. I, I know it wasn't he wasn't trying to win the game, but uh, he looked sharp, at least. Um and going with that, uh, who, who also looked sharp was, was Epler, Epler from Northwestern State. I mean, he, he didn't beat us, but he, he looked like he could have if, if LSU would have, you know, played down to their level like you were talking about, Tommy. I mean, the guy had over 200 yards passing. And I know early on I said, you know, the talk is the offense, but, you know, the defense will, will be good. But, I don't know, they're kind of letting me down. You know, this is... Uh, this was not supposed to be as easy as it was for them. Uh, if you go back and look at the two touchdowns, one, you know, like you said, Stingley got beat. It, I think it was just someone got beat. But the other one, it was just completely blown coverage. The guy was wide open. You could see uh, one of the corners, they both just went for the uh, the guy running the in route and left him wide open. So that's a little scary, especially from a team that, you know, claims to be DBU. I mean, I, agree, I know they are, but... You just you shouldn't be seeing stuff like that in week three against you know just a a non five opponent. Well, so, I, I mean they they did fine. You know they still kept them under forty like under fifty yards rushing, which is good because I don't think anyone's going to run on all issue. But you got to start to worry about the the passing defense a little bit. I think. The, the one thing that I and I don't know if this is just me you know looking with rose colored glasses, but one thing I would wonder is. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a week where uh, Dave Aranda wants to put in a lot of new stuff, put in a lot of different, you know, new coverages, new packages. It's possible. Um, and, yeah. you know, and he, we, love, we love Derek Stingley. We love, you know, he's, he's, the, he's incredible talent, and he's, you know, one of the best, I'd say one of the best DBs in the country right now, and he's only had three games. But he is a freshman, and that, you know, that level of um, – just the amount that he's having to learn, I think, to be, you know, to be in the, you know, in the likes of Grant Delpit and, and uh, Christian Fulton, it might, and he might just not be at that level yet. So maybe, you know, I don't know who, was, who it necessarily was the blown coverage on the second t- uh, touchdown. It looked like it was, you know, Stingley's guy, whereas like, it looked like Stingley was trying to cover the flat and, the, and he might have had his, like, what they call deep third. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just if, if you know Dave Aranda's like we're going to win this game. Our offense is going to be great. You know, defense is going to be be good. Let's 
let's just you know try a few things out and see see where see where things look. Because also they they, they did put in um, if me and Daniel noticed this when we were watching, uh, they were in a different they were they were went into one defensive package at one point where they only had uh, where they, I don't think they had any linebackers on the field. Um, so you know I was like I, I don't know if I've seen that before. Um, it was like they had two safeties playing as like linebackers. So, you know, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I can't tell you, you know, who knows. That might have been, they might have done that against Texas and I just didn't notice it. But I wouldn't be surprised if this was a week where it's like, let's, let's experiment a little bit. Let's, you know, use this as some practice and, and kind of see, you know, and work on some different looks. Yeah, one thing to kind of build on that is the, one of the reasons why Northwestern State may have been able to get a little bit going in the passing game is that, we didn't really get much going in the defensive line pressure on their quarterback. I think we had maybe one or two sacks. It was not, one combined sack the whole game. Yeah, so so not much there at all. And then so that's something we definitely need to work on. And then for that, you definitely could miss the presence that we had from uh, Rashard Lawrence and Glenn Logan on the line, and then Caleb Von Chason and Michael Divinity in the linebacking core. They, they were all held out of the game with injuries. So. Yeah, their presence was definitely missed, and if we would have had them back, then maybe we would have been able to apply that pressure and relieve some of the uh, the threat of them downfield and kind of wear down their offensive line a little bit faster. So hopefully they'll be back healthy for Vanderbilt and beyond, but that's something to kind of work on, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. All right, so if, if, if that's what it was, that, you know, Aranda was down some guys and he just devised a plan to play Northwestern State, or he just wanted to experiment, um, I can accept that, actually. You know, it's it's uh, you know it's one of those warm-up games, as you could say, and uh, I could accept if if that's what they were doing. Um, so, would you also say with that that you know the defense would they get a bye this week, just as far as uh, any critique because of that situation, or do you think there's still you know a lot of room to improve upon, or was this just, you know, just one of those weird weeks with a bunch of guys out? I'd say probably a little bit of both. I actually talked to, um, to a guy who's within the, within the program, um, and he works, with, he works on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, and he was very candid about, you know, there's a lot, to, there's a lot of, he said, he, he smiled. I, well, I was talking to him with another guy, and one of the guys was like, man, the defense, like, we got to, you know, what's up? We got we to gotta get it going. Uh, and he just kind of smiled and was like, you know what, man, like, hey, it's week three. We're going to be there. We're going to get there. And he was like, there is a lot of room to improve. We've got a lot to work on. But, you know, it was, it was definitely a uh, – he definitely had a reassuring of like, yeah, we know. You know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're working on it. But it was also, let's just, you know, let's simmer down a little bit because, it, like you said, it's week three. And, you know, they're working the kinks out. There's a lot of new faces on this defense. And – um and you know they're and they and I think that the thing is that the sentiment is they understand and they're ready they're just working so let's yeah. give them a little bit of time sure yeah and then the other thing is like maybe you kind of want to see a better performance because even LSU's backups like they're supposed to have the pedigree to where even they can beat a team like this and obviously yeah we did beat them we we handled business but. I mean, you kind of want to see them be a little bit more dominant, I guess you could say. And 14 points, I mean, that's not a lot at all. We definitely played well, but, yeah, just something to, to kind of work on. And then I'm sure Dave Aranda will get them sorted out this week, and then once we get back to full strength healthy, then it'll be the normal LSU defense that we know and love. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I think we we would all love to see that. And yes, it is week three, and they did have some guys out. But I guess the the only reason I was uh, asking that is because you know it's it is Northwestern State, and they you know the guy was able to pass really well. Uh, but yeah, it could just be a lack of pressure up front, um, and you know they'll they'll figure it out, like we said. Uh, but I mean they they didn't give up any, it didn't look really bad. You know, they didn't give up any really long, you know, like 90-yard scores, nothing crazy like that, or like a 60-yard run. Uh, but that that's that's just one phase of the game. Uh, another phase of the game that uh, had a nice bright spot last night was special teams. Not so much in kicking, because uh, I think Cade York only attempted one kick, uh, which was good. Uh, but we saw our first punt return for a touchdown. And I thought what was interesting was um, Derek Stingley had three returns for 54 yards, but Trey Palmer took one back to the house that was also exactly 54 yards. Uh, I I don't know if it was just that punt return, something different. I don't know, but if you watch it, he he made some really good cuts. Uh, So I, I don't know if they put him back there just to see if something different would happen, if it was late in the game. Because I don't, I don't know if I, uh, if I was able to watch that one live. I, I don't remember when it came. Um, but you'd think it was just trying to do something different. Because uh, he looked really good. And, uh, you know, he, they might put him back there again. Right? I mean, he took it back. Yeah, in the, in the fourth quarter, he just took it back to the house. And that's uh, pretty great because you want to be dominant there, yeah. too. And just have that threat. Obviously, Stingley's a great returner. But maybe if they decide to transition him or relieve him from those duties, then you got definitely a good backup there in Palmer. And it kind of gives those other guys, I think Palmer's a freshman, and so gives everybody the experience. Just being on the field, making plays uh, across the board is very good. And, yeah, definitely got two explosive guys there. Maybe they shuffle them around on kickoff return or something like that, and then is something that could help later on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just when you need, uh, you know, some little boost. I remember that's pretty much uh, what Tyran Matthew did uh, in 2011 when they need a little spark. You know, they were down 10 to nothing against Georgia, and then all of a sudden, you know, or actually the game before that against Arkansas, they were down, and he returned one, and it kind of got the team going. They came back and won. Same against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Uh, he took one back, and it just kind of got the team going. So... Uh, having something like that is a great asset. Uh, I'm glad to see him return just to see something there. Because, uh, you know, if, if LSU's in a tight game, that, that could be a difference maker. Uh, if not just the score, but also, you know, just give the team some, some excitement if, if, if the game is kind of uh, out of the balance. Um, but good to see special teams working. Um, you know, it didn't really affect the game, but I, it was just, it's a good exercise, more or less. Um, but overall, uh, w- did you guys have any uh, chance to see anything in the other games, anything else from around the, the league or the country that, I don't know, that, 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 that kind of stood out to you that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, uh, we, watched, we watched a lot of games last, uh, last night and yesterday. Um, we watched that Maryland game. Maryland, oh. very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, let's see, who else? We watched uh, Bama looked good against South Carolina. Uh, Clemson wasn't at, wasn't dom- didn't seem dominant against Syracuse, but you know won handily. 
Um, that's kind of a reoccurring thing. With I don't know about y'all. Like, do you feel like this Clemson team is just not blowing, blowing people out the way that they did last year? Yeah, they're maybe not as just like savage across the board on defense, uh, and to where they absolutely throttle teams. I mean, they get they take care of business every week, week in, week out. They win by a lot. They do everything they need to do, but yeah, just Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked quite as sharp as he was last year. Maybe a little bit of a sophomore slump, literally. But I mean, they're doing everything that they need to, and as long as they keep winning, they'll be in the playoff for sure. So it's funny. It's funny because like you know they win by like thirty, and whereas last year they'd win by like sixty, and this year and and they, so they win by thirty, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. They just don't look the same. <laughs> you know, maybe there's a little bit of problems, but they're still you know winning handily by by more than three t- you know, two or three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's I, see. I, I'm, uh, well, I, to 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 your point. Um, yeah, Clemson doesn't look as dominant. I don't think Alabama looked dominant in the beginning. Of the game. Uh, South Carolina was playing them close, and it looked like a, a good game, not necessarily a repeat of when South Carolina beat them last time because I think the Gamecocks were the only team Alabama didn't have a winning streak on in the entire SEC, uh, mm-hmm. you know, varying degrees, of course. But uh, the last time they played, the Gamecocks beat them in Columbia. Um, but Alabama didn't look as dominant. But you know they won forty-seven to twenty-three. Clemson won by however much they won. Uh, yeah. For all that, I will say, hey, chill. It's week three. <laughs> that's what I heard about five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know who else? Uh, you know who did look dominant for uh, for Alabama yesterday was uh, Najee Harris. Did you see that run? Yeah. That was I was about to mention that. Yeah. I mean, that's a, he. He I, sometimes I just can't. I. I don't know. Like sometimes these these guys from Bama just they don't look human, and no. uh, I mean like that was a Leonard Fournette esque run. Yeah. Did you see the one with the? Uh, it was a, I believe a tight end from Arkansas, O'Brady. When he ran through like seven people, there were four guys, five guys on him at one point, and he just swatted hands away, kept turning legs, and ran for a touchdown. That was impressive. Yeah, yep. no, it was Colorado State, but <laughs> yeah, but pretty much everybody uh, uh, took care of business. The only team that had a little bit of top scare, Penn State, uh, kept it close against Pittsburgh. They, I think, they won seventeen to ten. People saying that's some old school like Big East football there. But uh, Florida had to come back to win against Kentucky, and also of note, Felipe Franks, Florida's quarterback, is out for the season with an injury, and that's such sad for him. But I mean. Takes a little bit of the pressure maybe off of LSU's date on October 12th uh, when the Gators come to town looking for revenge next year. But, yeah, Florida definitely may not have the, the Gator bite that they uh, looked like last year. Although, you know, that quarterback that came in, he looked good. Yeah, Trask, he, he let him came he back. He victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the guys he's been there. I remember him from, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. He's been there. He actually, they thought, they thought this guy was going to transfer this year. Uh, and he didn't. He was going to go to like Central Michigan or something like that. But he didn't. He stayed because I guess he just loves being a Gator. Um, but it worked out because yeah, he led them to victory. He looked completely comfortable back there. And you say you know that might take the pressure off of LSU. I don't know because to me this looks like the Florida team that we've seen the last few years. They eek by and get these wins, you know, they lose their quarterback, they still get the win. Honestly, Kentucky gave them that yeah. one. If you, if you look at the, the touchdowns and some of the mistakes the, uh, the QB made, 
Um, like he threw it right to a guy. There's just miscommunication. But you know, Kentucky gave them that game, and they they even had a chance to win it with a field goal with like I think the four minutes left. Less, uh, oh like yeah, that. no, you're right. Less than and then they missed it. So I, I don't think that Florida's that good. But it's like each year they still just are there. And then when LSU plays them, you know, they're probably all thinking, oh, Florida's gotten by, you know, we got this. But you know what? Florida plays them tough every year, and they just, like, you know, they, they'll win. It, it doesn't make sense. And this is one of those games I think LSU needs to really be up for, or Florida could be that one loss that no one was expecting just because they somehow got it out of win, and, you know, it's like they've done the last few years. So... I'm not going to take Florida lightly, and neither should LSU. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good game. There was uh, Penn State only won by a touchdown. That's another one of those games where uh, they grind out. It was a good good game, good win. Yeah, but there were rivalries, but to us it probably looks like a club game. Uh, Michigan State lost at home to Arizona State. That was a uh, that was crazy. Iowa barely won on the road. Yeah, on that Michigan State game, not to sorry to butt in, but no, go ahead. Talking about missed field goals, Michigan State was kicking a game time field goal as time expired. They were down ten to seven, and they made the field goal, but then there was a late flag. They had a guy running off the field for twelve minutes on the field, so they had to re-kick, and then they missed it on the retry. So uh, Arizona State held out for the three-point win. So that was kind of a devastating way to lose, but yeah, kind congrats, of sad for them. Congrats to those fighting Herm Edwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and another one, uh, yeah, you had already mentioned uh, Maryland letting me down, but um, how about uh, Virginia beating FSU? Uh, I think FSU is going to be struggling to uh, to probably even break even this year. Uh, they do not look good at all. Um, and I don't know, is there uh, anything else? Like I think the Felipe Franks well, thing... It'll. I don't know if it'll make that much of a difference because you could say that well, Florida lost its starter, but if if they perform at pretty much the same level, is it really that big of a? It's like, not I, that. I yeah. Think, yeah. I don't think Felipe Franks was going to be the one to beat LSU. It's just they would lapse in coverage and beat themselves or something. Yeah, he's not. I, I agree. He's not like a standout quarterback. When I watch him play, I'm not like wowed by his uh, his. You know. Well, he, he's definitely talented, and he's got great uh, sure. natural sure. gifts as far as his height, his strength, and his speed. But his his you know uh, quarterback acumen does not you know wow me. Um, but you know that it, I think that now of course I, I did watch the press conference or not the press conference, but the little like post game on the field you know talk with Dan Mullen and the, his backup was right there too. Um, yeah. And he said he goes. Uh, you know, at Florida, we don't have a starting quarter, or we don't have backup quarterbacks. We have three starters, and I firmly, you know, I, I believe that. And he, he kind of mentioned what you said about the transfer portal. He was like, you know, there's a lot of people transferring, and we talk about that, but, you know, we don't have backups. That we only have three starters, and that's why our guy's here, and he didn't transfer or something. <laughs> and so, um, I, I, you know, I think that you're right. I think it might not be losing Frank's is not going to be, you know, oh, it's not like losing Johnny Manziel or losing Tua and, you know, starting right. a no-name. But for a, for a team, you know, to I don't care what Dan Mullen says. I, I kind of do believe that they're, you know, Felipe Franks is their starter, and they probably are more comfortable with him than they are with, um, is it Trask? Is that right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't 
I agree. I wouldn't. Ta- I still wouldn't take Florida lightly. I still would, you know, prepare just like just like they're, you know, an SEC opponent coming in who are going to play LSU as close as anybody. Um, but I can't imagine that that they're going to, you know, be uh, that there isn't going to be some, you know, lag with from from moving to a, a backup. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, again, it's and even even whoever the backup is, it's it's still Florida and it's. It doesn't seem like as much of a rivalry game to Tiger fans, even though I still think it is. Because, uh, you know, we talked about us playing them most likely undefeated against undefeated. Um, so, yeah, we'd want them to win. But uh, I, I just, for some reason, and it's not just football. It's It's basketball. It's baseball. It's all these sports where it's just, Florida always seems to have LSU number. I hope that's not the case this year, and the Tigers take care of business in solid fashion. Um, but yeah, I feel you. Like it's the Florida game. I've had that one circled. It, it scares me. Um, you know, it probably scares me more. Um, I'd say more than any game other than that Texas game scared me. The Florida game scared me, and then of course, you know, the game in Tuscaloosa is going to be a doozy. Right. But um, but yeah, I think that this one. You know, now that we're through Texas and we're moving on into the home stretch, or not the home stretch, but we're getting into SEC play and kind of moving to that to that, you know, meat of the schedule. Um, I think that Florida game is probably the one. That's the one to that I that I'm watching and I'm a little bit anxious about. Right, it, it should be a good game. And then, I mean, like I said, we got Vanderbilt this week in Nashville. Should be a, a fun atmosphere, at least for the people who are going there. But probably more the same. Vanderbilt, not exactly known as a world beater in football. Shout out Jay Cutler. But uh, yeah, they'll do all right. And then roll on. Then we got the the bye week. Then Utah State. Then Florida. So uh, hopefully coming in with that five and zero record. Well, actually, yeah, five and zero record going into the Florida game. The first test other than Texas, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Next Saturday, we'll start SEC play for LSU. Uh, They're on the road against Vanderbilt. Uh, would you guys like to offer any early predictions or, or thoughts on the game itself? I was going to say maybe a little bit lower scoring. I don't know. Vanderbilt, if I had to go, I'd say something like maybe 35 14, something like that, or else she like wins, just takes care of business and moves on. Uh, I don't know, hard to say, but they win handily. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think LSU wins handily. Um, I think it'll be good to you know kind of get get the feeling of SEC play and start out on the you know get a road win. That's always a good confidence booster. Um, look for. I think Coach O said that uh, all three of our people who didn't play last night will be back. So chase on. Uh, Logan and Richard Lawrence should be all starting for SEC play. Um, but, I mean, even still, I think if you hold them out, if they, if they need more time, give them more time, because I don't think – I don't see Vanderbilt needing uh, – you know, I don't think we need all, all of our all, – all hands on deck to beat Vanderbilt. No, we don't. I'm going to say 48-10 to 10 LSU, maybe 55-10. to 10. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think um, – I think uh, Vanderbilt's going to punt a lot, and I don't know. I, I'm uh, Trey Palmer's got me excited. I hope they put him back there, and it's, hopefully he can get another one and kind of kind of start to build a legacy for himself. Because uh, it's been a while since LSU's had a 
like a, just a dial-up returner. Just someone, you know, you don't expect them to take it back every week, but just just have some, some really good plays, some good moves. So I'm going to say 48 or 55 to 10. I think there's a, a TD out there unaccounted for. Um, but then after that, they got Utah State and then Florida at home, which uh, I think everyone is looking forward to. Hopefully they don't look too far ahead at that game because, uh, you know, there's still two full games to play. Uh, um, one thing to watch on that Vanderbilt game, 11 a.m. kickoff. So uh, I guess, you know, that's 12 Eastern. Um, not a fan. Gonna be gonna be like you know. I'm sure there'll be many people. I'll probably be in you know still in my pajamas, just sitting down watching that game. Uh, wish they didn't do that. I understand why, you know, because they need something to come up right after game day. But there is nothing worse, and I'm glad this is an away game because there is nothing worse than showing up to Tiger Stadium at like 10 o'clock in the morning for when it, and it's hot and it, <laughs> and you know and, and it's just, it's just. Yeah, not you don't want to eat hot gumbo. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, that's pretty much what the tailgaters would have. It's sticky and hot, and the sun's beating down. And the worst part is, like, you know, when you get to a night game or a, or even an afternoon game, when you get to the stadium, it's going to be hot. But by the time the game's ending, it's cooled down, and there's maybe a little bit of breeze, and you're feeling good. It's the complete opposite. Maybe you get to the game in the morning, and you're like, oh, it's kind of cool. You know, it's 9:30 in the morning. Uh, <laughs> And then, but then by the time that like the third quarter rolls around, or even worse, halftime, you're sitting there trying to you know nurse yourself because the band's playing, and you're just sitting there waiting for more action on the field, and you're just baking, and you're getting sunburned. <laughs> it's just an all-around terrible experience. I, if you're going to do these 11 a.m. games, like you know, keep them up in the north, or or at least wait for the for SEC play. At least wait for uh, like October, November yeah. to do these games because. It's just torture to uh, to have an 11 a.m. game at Tiger Stadium in August or September. Yeah, you know what? I, I still have to contact Herb Benson about your pass, so I'm going to bring that up as well, uh, just to see if we can avoid any more of those in the future. Yeah, Excuse send, me, it, send it my regards. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, this, this definitely needs to, I'm so sorry that you're having to deal with this, Tommy. But we're going to talk to the, the ADs and just, just get everyone involved and just... In these 11 a.m. kickoff games, it look, I'm not. I'm not the only one. I mean, <laughs> I, I know you're not. I know you're not. I, I'm. I agree with you. I. Why any any team would have a kickoff uh, at 11? Well, I mean, I know it's Central Time, but um, I, I guess noon is kind of standard, though. Uh, at least LSU has night games, though. You know, yeah. they they were established that long ago. Because um, it's like every like Michigan. They I don't know if they. They rarely play a night game. They had their first night game, I think, like two years ago. Yeah, exactly. For the longest time, the big house didn't even have lights. <laughs> right, yeah, it's even worse than I thought. But you uh, know what? Let, let, them, let them play. Like, that's fine. You can take all the 12 a.m. spots as you want, Michigan, and we'll yes. take the night game. It's like, we'll yes. take one for the team. Play Army at noon. We'll play in the afternoon or in the evening. Sounds great. Um, so any, uh, I want to see if you guys had any last thoughts about, you know, anything LSU, the game in general. I would say, well, I, I mean, you know, good win for the Tigers. Glad we're three and zero. Feels good to be number four in the nation. Uh, ready for SEC play next week. But one final thing, kind of out of conference, out of LSU. The ACC looks terrible. I yeah, mean, just awful. Georgia Tech lost to 
Citadel. Citadel. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a horrible loss. Uh, FSU is in the is in the tank. You know, Clemson's the only. Syracuse is not looking great, even though you know they're the one. They're that one team. They were saying about uh, Clemson yesterday. I think on game day, it was like you know, this is Clemson's test before they get to the playoff, and it's week three. You know, it's like if Clemson if Clemson wins this game, they're in the playoff. That's just it's just uh, ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, I wish that there was something that could be done about this, or I, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's an embarrassment. Um, I wish that the committee would. Now, I, I, not to take anything away from Clemson because I know that they're a great team. Trevor, I'm, I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. I got a lot of respect for him. T. Higgins is a great receiver. But I wish that there was a way to, you know, I don't think a Clemson, a, a Clemson win against some of these trash a, uh, ACC teams should mean as much as even an LSU win against, you know, a bad SEC team. Because when, when Georgia Tech, who Clemson played week one, when Georgia Tech losing to the Citadel, and FSU is, you know, in, in the gutter, and uh, Miami's not any good. Like, it, it's just, it, I don't know. I, I just don't think that, that, that they should, it should mean as much. Yeah, and if you look at, uh, they, they don't have anybody. And you, like you said, the, they're saying that Syracuse is their toughest test. I mean, I could see how you would say that. Syracuse kind of looked decent up until this last game. Um, but if you look at who else in the ACC is going to challenge Clemson, I don't see anybody. Oh, by the way, shout out to uh, Les Miles and the Jayhawks for, for going to Boston College and ending their Power 5 winless streak for uh, probably a couple of decades now. Um, but they did it in you know, they almost blowout fashion. Uh, it's, it's crazy. I don't know. What what happens? I think they have a good quarterback, but they you know they only scored a touchdown at home against Coastal Carolina. Then they go on the road to Boston College and win like forty eight to twenty something. It was just crazy. You guys, uh, and then you know Miles was pumped after the game. Of course, typical Miles. Uh, I know I got off track there, but I just regardless, but yeah, Clemson just does not have any opposition in their own conference. So. That's it's you know they might as well be Notre Dame, just playing without a conference because their conference doesn't really. But it's even worse than that though because, you know, the committee in years past has 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 said by by word and deed that conference championships you know basically guarantee you a playoff spot, an unblemished record in a conference championship, or a one loss in a conference championship, you're going to get in the playoff, and. You know, Notre Dame doesn't play in a conference championship and has been left out because of that, or you know, has been left out because they have one loss or two losses and and they, you know they don't play in a conference championship. But Clemson has figured out, and to their credit, to Dabo Sweeney's credit, you know, he's like, well, I you know I recruit top talent. We win the ACC. We go undefeated, or we have one loss because they did lose to Syracuse and still got in the playoff. I think two years ago, um, we have one loss, and uh, there we go. You know, now we're and we're in the playoff, and it's it's smooth walking, and you can't really compete with that when you're, you know, when you're in the SEC as a Georgia, an LSU, a, a, an Alabama, and Auburn, and you're you, know, you have to play this slugfest of a schedule, and then, you know, and then you have maybe one loss or two losses, and you get no respect from the committee. So I wish that they would, you know, at least take a look at that because. I think that at this point, you know, there, a, a, a couple of years ago, I think there was a little bit of competition in the ACC, but at this point, it's, it's Clemson and, and a bunch of JV teams. 
Yep, and that was ACC Talk on Talking Ticks. <laughs> Y'all got anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty slow week in college football. I mean, there were some, some good games, uh, but I think next week everything kind of cranks up. Uh, I'm excited to see Notre Dame play at Georgia. Speaking of them uh, and their independent selves, uh, that's going to be a good game on a Saturday night at 8. Uh, I would try to go, but I know those tickets, those are the most sought-after tickets in college football so far. I don't know what the prices are, but I, I know they're probably astronomical. But it's the most sought-after tickets uh, this year so far anyway. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, I think that one, you know, everyone, everyone's been looking at that game. And then, of course, you know, Notre Dame has fans across the country and a bunch of bandwagon fans and all kinds of stuff. But, uh, all, and, and they travel well. And then, of course, Georgia, um, you know, people, people love, everybody loves Georgia. Everybody loves to go watch Georgia, especially in the state of Georgia and in the southeast in general. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense. I think that that game and the Texas, you know, LSU game were, you know, two games everybody was looking for. Um, that coming into this season. Yeah. Daniel, any uh, any last thoughts before we head out? Uh, I don't think so. Another good week of football. Looking forward to the next one, but I think that's all I got for right now. Daniel's yeah. just ready to go jersey shopping. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll report I'm sure back on my progress. through designs right now. Uh, oh, here's one, one last thing, Scott. Purple or white? Mm. Because... I was th- so I think you know normally you say probably white that's the better looking jersey it's the one they it's wear what they more usually often. wear anyway. yeah but they did you know they got they put up the sixty points in purple so I thought maybe he should get the purple jersey because it's like well that was when they did it yeah I would go with that so also I mean you would you would I I would agree I think traditionally like I I have a white jersey a white eighteen jersey from uh, from their last title game against Ohio State. Uh, I would typically go with that, but I say, why not go for the purple? Uh, it was an alternative. Yeah. Thing. I love the white helmets. I, I, I like, you know, how they're trying to mix things up a little bit. I thought it looked great. Uh, so I say, yeah, go with the purple. Um, I, I think that'll just about do it for us. Uh, I'm a little excited about, you know, the Rams are going to have a rematch game against the Saints here in, in a little bit in Los Angeles. Uh, I really hope the, the Saints bring it to them. Uh, but that'll do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Tune in next week. Uh, we'll have more for you. We'll wrap up the Vanderbilt game and talk about anything else that's going on. Uh, so until then, have a good week and join us next time on Talking Tigs.